Hello, everyone, and welcome to Raised on the Diz. We are starting episode four already. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Zolian. Hey, I'm your co-host, Nick, and we're playing This or That today, variation of a game that we've seen played on other Disney podcasts. We're putting our own little spin on it, and we're comparing rides in Disney parks. And these are Walt Disney World parks, and we're comparing rides that are similar. So we put these out to our Instagram followers and had them vote on it. Zolian and I are going to kick it around, talk over our personal feelings about all of them, and then we're going to put some new polls out to our Instagram followers and see what they think about another group of rides. Something that was really interesting as we were looking over the results of the little Instagram poll was that there is one, there was one result in particular that I thought was going to be much, much closer because I happen to love both of these rides, but it was really kind of a landslide. And that was surprising. It was. But uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We have some breaking news to get to. And this is is something that people have been looking forward to for 15 months now. Yeah. And it's breaking because we really just had an announcement from Disneyland that uh, they're getting rid of their mask mandate. Mm -hmm. And that follows on the heels of Disney World. And basically what is happening now is that if you're vaccinated against COVID-19, masks are going to be optional, except for Disney World transportation. But there's one other wrinkle to that as well, that that excludes boats. Mm -hmm. So if you are vaccinated against COVID-19, you can pretty much not wear a mask outside or inside. Great news for the Disney heat. Yeah, we, uh, we, you know, we're leaving soon. And so I was really excited to hear this prior to this news that just came out. Um, you know, Disney had lifted that mandate just on the outdoor space, but you still had to wear the masks in the queues or on rides or stores or restaurants. But now it's optional everywhere. If you're, if you're vaccinated. And if you want more information on that, head over to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash raised on the Diz. Or you can head over to our Instagram page. It's very simple. Instagram.com forward slash raised on the Diz. And there's lots of information there about the decisions that Disney has made in both parks. And we've got a great community growing on both Instagram Mm -hmm. and Facebook. And they're at the center of this this or that experiment that we have. So we're going to get straight to it. We're starting with two rides in the Magic Kingdom. Haunted Mansion, and Pirates of the Caribbean. We're just going to give very simple descriptions of both of the rides because we know we have folks that are listening that are first-time Disney guests or planning a vacation. So the Haunted Mansion's a Disney classic. It's Mm -hmm. in several parks across the world, uh, including Disneyland and Disney World. But here's what the Disney website says about it. Climb aboard a gloomy doom buggy for a grave journey through a labyrinth of haunted chambers. Mm-hmm. So that's the Cliff Note version mm-hmm. of it. It's oh, obviously a lot more complicated than that, and it's a Disney classic. Right. Full disclosure, Haunted Mansion is my favorite Disney mm-hmm. ride. It has been since I was a kid, since my very first trips to Disney World. And uh, a trip to Disney World is not complete without a ride mm-hmm. on the Haunted Mansion. I mean, so let's let's talk about the Haunted Mansion a little bit. You know, what is your impression of it? I really like it. Um, it's and, I, and there's a story as with you know most of these rides at Disney. There is kind of a story behind it that you you sort of learn as you ride through this this haunted house. And and so I like the story behind it. It's not. 
scary, you know, in the sense that, you know, adults would be scared. I know that, you know, some kids can get a little sort of intimidated by uh, the haunted sort of features in it. But, um, you know, it ends on a really, really good note, I think, with some good music. Our 10-year-old listens to the podcast, so he'll appreciate that I called this out. But uh, Christian <laughs> is it. still afraid of the haunted mansion. It. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's just kind of an inside joke in our family that he's he's afraid of it. And we tell him all the time that uh, it's not scary. In, in a lot of ways, it's funny. So the haunted mansion is really unique because it starts out really spooky, mm-hmm. but then it ends really happy right. because the ghosts have a party. In a graveyard, right. and they sing, and um, there's a lot of cool aspects in that graveyard scene. There's there's a uh, executioner with the person that he just ex- executed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, a a king and queen dining with paupers. So it's right. kind of like the leveling of death, right? Which is probably a lot more philosophical than it needs to be <laughs> about a Disney ride. But you know, it's. It is one of those rides where you could ride it over and over again and always see something new. I know for me even, you know, and I've rode it quite a bit. Um, it's, you know, you, you always try to, to sort of look for things that maybe you didn't notice before. And so, you know, because of that, I don't feel that this ride ever gets, you know, boring or stale or anything. And, you know, aside from the fact that, you know, you know this story and there are things that you could possibly notice, the outside of... The, the mansion is just, it's just so cool looking, you know, and it's, it's, there's so much detail inside that I, I think it really kind of captivates everyone's attention. And the Disney Imagineers actually designed the Haunted Mansion in Disney World after a New York mansion. Mm-hmm. So it's actually based on a real building. Right. And definitely, uh, Fits right in there in Liberty Square as mm-hmm. well because you have the Colonial Square and then the spooky house on the right, corner. Right. So it is really authentic the way that it fits in. Playing off of what we talked about in a previous episode about theming, mm-hmm. the Imagineers paid attention to the placement of everything, everything. and yeah. line of sight. So making sure that when you looked around that all you saw was theming from the land that you are in. When mm-hmm. you're in Tomorrowland, you're in the future, or at least their version of what they thought the future would be like. Right. When you're in Frontierland, same thing. Right. And even when you can see the other lands, there are aspects or maybe even a side of a building mm-hmm. that blend in to where you're at. So right. the Haunted Mansion's a really good example of that and that it fits really well into Liberty Square in Walt Disney World. It really does. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Like I said, it's it's cool to look at on the outside. It's cool to kind of re-examine every time that you you ride this thing. So it's it's a great attraction. Definitely don't miss it. And I think one of the best songs that has come out of a Disney attraction, Grim Grinning Ghosts, and also the narration, which is done by actor Paul Fries, is really great and mm-hmm. very spooky and a classic. I mean, if you've been to Disney World, you know about stepping into the dead center of the room. Right. And you could probably repeat portions of that narration by heart. So it's a Disney classic, but it is up against another Disney classic as well. And you've got the description for Pirates of the Caribbean. I do. So Pirates of the Caribbean is uh, is in Adventureland at Walt Disney World. And this is what the Disney site says about it. It says, set sail on a swashbuckling voyage to a long forgotten time and place when pirates and privateers ruled the seas. And so if you've never rode on this particular ride, it is a, it's another ride where you're going to board something. It's not a walkthrough ride, but you will board something. You're going to board a boat 
And uh, you will take this this boat ride kind of back in time to the Caribbean when pirates roamed. You know what I like <laughs> about this ride? What? The smells. Oh, yes. The smells. That's one of my favorite things, too. I know we talked about that in the last, the last episode. It has a great scent. It does have a great scent. So when you're riding Pirates of the Caribbean, right after you come down the drop at the beginning and... I'm sorry if that's a spoiler alert, but there'll be a a real aroma of, I think it's a mixture of a really sweet smell and an undertone of rum. And it is, it's a great smell. And then they also pump that in right before you enter the town. But Pirates of the Caribbean has a really simple story. You start out, I mean, I guess it could be a little bit more complicated because when you start out, the pirates Mm -hmm. are no longer there. But then when you go down under into the drop, Right. You're maybe back in time. You know, it's it's hard to, to yeah. really state what exactly the story is there. Right. Or I don't know if it maybe has is more along the lines of like the Pirates of the Caribbean movie where which I know the movie came after. But, you know, the remember the pirates, they, they turned to life. And, well, they, and they turned into weren't they? Didn't they turn into skeletons? They did. At night? Yeah. So I don't you know, I don't know. But it's, I don't know, I'm not sure. But uh, this is a great ride. A lot of great characters. Of course, you have the auctioneer Mm -hmm. um, who is now auctioning chickens. Right. And then you have the pig man. (laughs) We actually, we're we're recording this in our basement and we have a uh, 50th anniversary figurine of the pig man man. it's really cool yeah every time we go uh, this was this was a really hard pull for me and i know for nick too because you know every every time we or about every time we go we try to get like a new haunted mansion figurine or now we started like he said you know getting these pirates of the caribbean figurines so we love these two attractions so much that we we even have that kind of stuff in our house and one of the best ones, and they do a figurine of this one as well, but we don't have it yet, is the skeleton mm-hmm. that is steering the boat, which right. is iconic. That is. And there's a big difference between this ride at Disney World and its counterpart at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. The Disneyland version is New Orleans-based right. and is much longer. And a lot of people say that the Disneyland version is better. We can't judge that because we've never, never been, been to there. Disneyland, but a lot of people do say that. And the Haunted Mansion actually is different. The outside, like the exterior of the Haunted Mansion in Disneyland is also, you know, has kind of that New Orleans Southern sort of architecture. So very different styles. But again, can't judge what's what's inside the Haunted Mansion there. And we are going to get to the results, but one other difference between the Disneyland Haunted Mansion and the Disney World Haunted Mansion, Mm -hmm. when you enter the elevator for the pre-show in Disney World, you're actually not going anywhere. The the, the roof is going up. When you do that in Disneyland, that same room, Mm -hmm. you're actually descending to the show building and the the bulk of the ride. So that that does serve a practical purpose at the Disneyland version. But it's interesting to compare the different rides. Um, obviously, both of those rides came much sooner in Disneyland as well. And Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean, um, Pirates of the Caribbean was not an opening day attraction mm-hmm. at Walt Disney World. It was a later edition, mm-hmm. but quickly became very popular. And things have been added, you know, to, to Pirates, especially after like the Johnny Depp movie franchise that came out in like the early 2000s, um, where he played Jack Sparrow. He, that. Uh, animatronic is actually at the end now of Pirates of the Caribbean. So you can see, well, actually it's throughout, I guess, but it you is can throughout. See so Sparrow. he's, he's peeking out of a barrel right. and uh, he's that. in the auctioneer scene as well. And then at the mm-hmm. end, uh, definitely a big role there, right. but that was added in obviously after the success of the, the movies in right. the early two thousands, but let's get to the results. So we pulled our Instagram followers and it was a 
rather decisive result for Haunted Mansion. 61% to 39%. Yeah. Agree or disagree? Uh, I love them both, like I said, but I actually said Pirates for this one because I, you know, kind of thought to myself, what would you really want to ride on for a second time? And for me, I don't know. I don't know whether it's just because you're in a boat or the drop is really exciting, but I I would probably say Pirates. And I'm going to say Haunted Mansion, um, not only because it's my favorite attraction, but because of what you brought up earlier about noticing new things mm-hmm. every time. There is such depth to the Haunted right. Mansion. And I know that we're getting into details about these rides, but I think a lot of folks that are listening to the podcast have been to Disney World, and mm-hmm. and they're listening to it because of their passion for the park. Right. But um, let's talk about the graveyard scene. Mm-hmm. There, is, there are things that are going on far beyond just the, the first row of animatronics. Right. There's a lot happening there. Right. And just the way that there is a fully built-out story, not only is there a ghost host at the beginning, mm-hmm. but the ghost bride in right. the attic, right. another great um, a great thing that is happening in the Haunted Mansion. So I think that it is very similar to Pirates of the Caribbean and that there are a lot of memorable characters on Pirates, mm-hmm. but Haunted Mansion is always going to be my favorite. And before we move on to the next one, I do want to mention too, Zolian, no height requirement for no. either one of those rides. So everybody in your party can yep. ride those. Yep. There is a height requirement for these next two, and they're both 40 inches. Mm-hmm. So for, um, you know, probably three or four-year-olds, they mm-hmm. might be able to get on these next rides. Right. And they are in Epcot. So we're starting with Soarin' Around the World. And the Disney website says, Take a flight on a breezy airborne adventure as you hang glide above the breathtaking wonders of the world. I'm just going to list a couple of these Mm -hmm. that that you visit. The Swiss Alps. Mm -hmm. The Sydney Opera House. Greenland, where you visit with polar bears. The Great Wall of China. The Great Pyramids of Egypt. And the Taj Mahal in India. Now... My mom and dad just came back from mm-hmm. Walt Disney World a couple months ago. My dad is really into aviation. Like, that's his, like, main hobby. He right. loves aviation. <laughs> and here's the thing, and they're really going to appreciate me mentioning this, but he doesn't like Disney World. No. We're going to get him converted, but we haven't got him converted <laughs> yet. He said that that was the best ride that he's ever been on. He took a picture while he was on the ride very like, impressive of the screen <laughs> and sent it to us so that's how we knew that that was a hit for him yes that was one of the highlights of his trip one of the few highlights of his trip because like i said he he's not a big fan or at least he says he's not a fan of disney world this is a great ride it is this is kind of a predecessor to another one that we're highlighting today flight of passage oh, so it good. is a hang glider Mm-hmm. And you are suspended. I believe there are three uh, different levels yes, there are. that you're on. And there's a screen in front of you, but it's immersive. There's mm-hmm. wind. There are smells. smells. You love over, the smells. Flying over the orange groves. And I think there are others too. But that Africa. was the one that we have. Yeah. Yeah. The grasses of Africa yeah. and the uh, savanna That's is awesome. another great one. So it's the smells. It's the wind. It's the visuals. And it, it ends up at Epcot as well, is right. where the journey ends. But, right. um, you know, I have to agree with my my parents love this. They hadn't been on it before. I have to agree. I think it's one of the best attractions in Epcot. It really is. And, you know, if, for, if you are someone who's a little leery about heights like I am and think, you know, you hear like hang glider and three rows of, you know, 
whatever people in front of a big screen. It's really not intimidating or intense or anything like that. It is it is just really cool. And, you know, the thing that I was telling our daughter the first now she loves this. But when we first wrote on flight of passage, you know, I said, Okay, if it gets like scary, just close your eyes. And that's kind of the nice thing about these kind of simulated rides. But I love this. And you know, the the geography history teacher in me thinks that this is great, because, you know, you literally do soar, you know, all around the world. And so it's it's really cool. There are awesome things to look at. It's an 80 foot screen and 180 degrees of vision. And Mm -hmm. it really is immersive. I think if you get too far to the sides, some of the things like the Eiffel Tower could be a little bendy. Right. So that that kind of hurts the immersion a little bit. But it is um, it's a must for me every time we go to Epcot. And it didn't it wasn't always soaring around the world. I remember probably 10 or 11 years ago going down before we had kids and remember, it was um, something about soaring over California. I That's what that it was, was soaring over California. It was different attractions in California. Some people like that better than mm-hmm. soaring around the world. Um, I remember them both. I like them both about equally. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's great. And uh, looking forward to that one every time we go to Epcot. We're taking a trip over to the opposite end of the park, though, for our second and our contender. Right. So the second uh, the second attraction that we have at Epcot is Test Track, which is really great. If you've if you've never rode on this before, definitely check it out. So this, like Nick said, this is another 40 inch height requirement. So kids about three to four can ride this. And this really is not a scary ride, just like Soren. You know, there there is not an element of kind of you know, things that are intimidating or scary with this. Um, this is what the website says about Test Track. It says that design, it says design a virtual concept car and put it to the test on this thrilling high octane attraction. So the idea behind this is almost as if you're going into kind of like a car factory and it's sponsored by Chevy, I do believe. That's right. Um, and so you go into this this factory and you there are screens and kind of as you're walking through the queues, you can actually like design a car. And then you get into your car uh, whenever you get up to, to take the ride and you go through, your car goes through a series of like tests, like a normal car would. Um, so there are like weather tests and, and, you know, tires are tested. And, you know, so you got to go through all of these different little performance sort of things. Uh, and then at the very end is the, the kind of the high speed test. And is it like zero to 60? Is that what it goes? It goes up to 65, about 65 miles per hour. And as you were talking, Zolian, I wanted to kind of weigh in that mm-hmm. this ride used to be much more focused on education mm-hmm. about the tests that cars go through. Mm-hmm. And one area that I think that it it really is different and not for the good is at the end, whenever you're going out to that high-speed test, and initially that was going to be a crash test. And then the doors opened up. And so it was great theming in that Mm -hmm. you thought you were going to crash into the wall and you actually went out onto the racetrack. Okay. Um, I like that a lot better. I still really like Test Track. I Mm -hmm. think it's good. I think you summarized it really well. Uh, Waits for this one can be about 60 minutes. Mm -hmm. I've been looking even yesterday. It was 60 minutes. So it can be a longer wait if your group is split up and you have somebody that isn't 40 inches. But uh, we have found, I wouldn't call it a hack, but there is kind of a way around that. Can you talk a little bit about rider switch? Right. So, uh, you know, in every trip up to this particular one, uh, you know, Carter has not been able to ride anything 
to this degree at all. Um, he, he's just now 40 inches. So anytime we would go, uh, Nick and I and our older two kids would want to ride on a bigger ride, um, we would have, we would do this rider switch. And so what essentially it is, is you would approach a cast member in the queue at a particular ride. So let's say, for example, you want to ride Big Thunder Mountain. You would approach that cast member tell them that you would like to do rider switch. And so what they would do is they would actually scan your magic bands and make it so that one parent and the two older children can go ahead and ride first and they wait in the main line. And then whenever that parent and those two kids get off the ride, then the next parent can go with those same two kids, but they get to go through the fast pass lane. And I know that I've been, you know, I've seen things online, you know, about people questioning why are there, you know, why are there people in the fast pass lane if there are no fast passes? This is probably why. There's also a disability pass that I know we want to talk about in another episode uh, in the future. Uh, and that could be, you know, what's going on with the fast pass uh, lines as well. But that's a really good option, the uh, the rider switch. If you do have a younger kid that can't ride some of these these things. So two really great rides. And we pulled our Instagram followers and here's what they said. So we had 65% for Soren and 35% for Test Track. So again, about a 60-40 split, 70-30 split on that. Uh, rather decisive result from our followers. Right. And I agree with that. I mean, I said Soren. I mean, I like Test Track, but I, I get it that the thing with Test Track that I would say is the big negative is that while it's interesting, you know, all of those other little tests that you go through, you know, the, the really exciting part is that kind of that that speed test at the very end. So I feel like that's why a lot of people want to ride this thing. Whereas Soren, I feel like it's exciting from, from the get-go. So I agree with that. So we're focusing on two very new rides in a different park in Hollywood Studios for this next one. Mm-hmm. And it is Star Wars Rise of the Resistance and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Two very new attractions. On the Disney website, it says that Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is a massive attraction, which is 100% true, Mm -hmm. with multiple ride systems that is unlike anything you've ever experienced at Walt Disney World Resort or anywhere else in the galaxy. 100% accurate. It's a great ride. It really is. It's a little bit different. It doesn't have a standby line, Mm -mm. so there is a virtual queue on the My Disney Experience app. Guests are required to join that virtual queue to experience Star Wars Rise of the Resistance, and the virtual queue is limited and subject to availability. If you look out on some of the websites and some of the forums across the internet, a lot of folks have trouble getting signed on to Rise of the Resistance, so go on to Disney world.com and review all of the regulations around that before your vacation because you are going to have to hop on that my disney experience to reserve your spot and this one does have a height requirement as well it is 40 inches Mm -hmm. so it's going to be open to those larger toddlers and above and how do i describe this ride so this is really awesome it really is a interactive experience yes. the cast members are fully in character mm-hmm. you're abducted by a ship of the first order which are the bad guys in the <laughs> right. new star wars trilogy kylo ren the ultimate bad guy in the trilogy makes mm-hmm. an appearance the animatronics are really impressive mm-hmm. and it is just it's awesome That's um awesome. 
You, there are ride experiences before you even are abducted by the first right. order. And, and I'm not sure. We we were fortunate enough to get to ride this in January of, of 2020. And back at that time, you had to be in the park, in the gate, by the time you were able to to get on that, that app. And that was like a, what, 7 a.m.? Yeah, the park opened at 7 a.m. We were in line at a quarter till 6. <laughs> and um, so that was a very early morning. And we were on the ride probably by about 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. 10.30 in the morning. It was really awesome. Uh, the kids and I actually got to ride it on our summer trip last year as well. Right. So it is, it's an awesome ride. It has a trackless vehicle that can pretty much go all over the place mm-hmm. in the final uh, phase of the ride. And um, really exhilarating. There are guns blasting around mm-hmm. you, kind of cannons, Star Wars-like cannons, lasers and things like that. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely things that I won't even spoil. No. But again, so this one has a 40-inch height requirement. There is a little bit of a drop on this ride. Just so a, just a, just tiny a little one. bit. Just like a, a little Pirates bit. of the Caribbean level drop. Right. But uh, definitely a little bit different in that you have to put a little bit of work in to ride this one. But right. it's a great ride. And it can be. I know that that height requirement is only 40 inches. And I'm really hoping that all five of us can ride it this time. Um, you know, Just keep in mind that, you know, the whole idea, and again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but the whole idea is that you're being abducted by the bad guys. And so there is like a level of... I don't want to say it's scary, but it could be maybe intimidating for some for some kids, uh, smaller kids. But... You know, it, it really is an, an experience. And like Nick said, there are like these different phases. So it's not a short ride. Um, it is pretty lengthy. About 20 minutes. Yeah, but it's it's really great. So definitely try uh, to get on this one. And the contender for this one is another new one. Just opened in March of 2020, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yes. And so this, this particular attraction is right at the end of kind of the the Hollywood Boulevard, right? And and sort of the center of of Hollywood Studios. It is where the great movie ride once was. Yeah, it's in the Chinese Theater, Mm -hmm. which is where the great movie ride was. I loved the great movie ride. I was really sad that it had to go. (laughs) I think, you know, it was getting a little bit outdated. A lot of the younger people probably didn't understand the references or the allusions to the movies that was in the great movie ride. But it was sad to see it go. But uh, I think they replaced it with a great one. This one is really great. And I was really kind of skeptical of this one. Not that I didn't think that the premise sounded cute. And this is what it says here on the Disney site. It says, zip away on a zany adventure through a cartoon universe crammed with surprises and so the whole idea is that you are on this this rail car to start and then you know things of course in typical mickey you know fashion kind of get a little out of hand and you're you're it's similar to rise of the resistance in the sense that you're in like a little car um but there are screens everywhere and it is another one that's you know you're kind of sort of immersed in all of this but i was you know i was very skeptical of of this particular one because i did like the great movie ride so much i thought it was a classic but this one's really great and we rode it for the first time last summer twice i think i think we were able to get on it twice and the kids just loved it there's no height requirement with this one it's you know it's just it's just a lot of fun another trackless rider system mm-hmm. which is becoming more popular across theme parks and uh, it's awesome. So it, it, it can swing you or or you take you all over the place within right. within that ride. And it's it's really cool. A very similar to Rise of the Resistance in that way. So this is a really great ride. A landslide 
for the uh, Instagram followers. Mm-hmm. 79% said Rise of the Resistance. 21% said Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I don't think that that really is a testament to one ride being no. better than the other. I think it's a testament to the greatness of Rise of the Resistance. Yeah. Rise of the Resistance is a phenomenon right now it's, in Disney yeah. World. I really do think that there are people that have traveled regularly to Disney World that haven't been able to get on it yet because of the virtual queue. Yeah. So there's a lot of FOMO. Fear of missing out right. when it comes to, to Rise of the Resistance. But Mickey and Minnie's, great ride. Right. And, you know, really, when you think about Hollywood Studios now, it has undergone such a transformation in the last 10 years. I mean, you have, you know, the Toy Story Land, which is really fantastic. And we will be talking about some of those rides, not in this particular episode, but but later on. You know, they are great. Galaxy's Edge, though, for a, a Star Wars fan is is just awesome. And, I mean, it's not a, an area that has, like, a ton of rides, but the rides that they do have are very, very well done. It's very heavily themed. Um, Nick mentioned that, you know, there are cast members in character, and, and that's true for the entire Galaxy's Edge. So, you know, you see Rey and Kylo Ren walking around, and they are... They are in character the entire time. Um, also, you know, even the places that you can eat in Galaxy's Edge and the like, the little shops are very well themed. And you can build a lightsaber, which mm-hmm. is a really authentic experience, or you can build a droid, yes. which I know a lot of folks have had a lot of fun uh, with both of those experiences. And um, you can hop on to, to YouTube or wherever you watch videos and, and watch videos of those building processes but they're they they're a lot of fun and the lightsaber experience you know it's you're you are kind of doing this you know sort of in the dark you're trying to hide the fact that you're building a saber from you know the the bad guys the first order so (laughs) it's all about authenticity and i agree with solian so hollywood studios didn't have a lot going on uh maybe six seven years ago right it was a half day park if that This is now a full-day park Mm -hmm. with the addition of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land and the good rides that are already there. And they have some great shows in Hollywood Studios as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really graduated from a half-day park to a full-day park. And I really think you could even spend a couple days in Hollywood Studios with how immersive the Galaxy's Edge is, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. So a runaway for Rise of the Resistance, I think it's a testament to how great that ride is. This next group here is over in Animal Kingdom, Mm -hmm. and we have Expedition Everest Mm -hmm. versus Flight of Passage. And I'll give the description for Expedition Everest first. This is careening through icy Himalayan peaks on a speeding train while avoiding the clutches of the mythic Yeti. So this is an awesome ride. This is the best roller coaster in Disney World, hands down. This is one of the best rides in Florida at any park. And theming. It's excellent. awesome. It's awesome excellent. theming. I mean, from the queue, uh, the line area, um, looking at all of the authentic artifacts from Yeti expeditions. Yes. These are real things. And, you know, I know that this was something that I mentioned in an earlier episode, and I know I've mentioned it several times, that I'm not a huge coaster person. I don't really particularly care for heights. And so me getting on this thing was like a really big deal. And I, again, I know I've said this before, but I was terrified. It is absolutely one of my favorite rides now. It is so fun. And what makes this so this coaster so unique um, is the fact that, yes, you are you're traveling into the Himalayan mountains and you you reach a certain point 
in your journey where you cannot go forward anymore. And so then your your car, your the 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 coaster goes backward. And it is, you know, you go backward and back into the mountain. It is dark. Um, but it's it sounds intimidating, but it is it's really fun. Awesome. It is Big Thunder Mountain on steroids. It is. It's the big brother to Big Thunder Mountain. <laughs> so you do go backwards. There is a lot of G-forces, but it's still relatively tame compared right. to coasters. I mean, so we live near Hershey Park. Mm-hmm. It's tame compared to coasters oh, that yeah. you'd find in an amusement park like a Hershey or Park or, or, or a Kennywood yeah. or Bush Gardens. Right. So it, it's it's approachable for kids. 44 and taller is the height requirement for this. Our son couldn't wait to get on this ride and yes. it's still his favorite still ride favorite. and you do encounter the yeti at the end he is broken he has been broken <laughs> since shortly after this ride opened in the mid 2000s and um i've heard that they would have to take the mountain apart right. in order to fix the yeti so it would be a big undertaking but uh maybe someday we'll see the yeti back in action because i rode this ride whenever it first opened and the yeti would actually reach down for okay. you and it was, it's amazing. And it's yeah. a massive animatronic. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't feel, now I, again, I didn't see it, you know, when it first opened, when it wasn't broken. But I don't feel that the broken Yeti, you know, kind of takes away from this at all. It's just, it's really fun. Now, you know, the, the like Nick said, the height requirement is 44 inches. Our daughter rode it for the first time the last time we went last summer. She did complain a little bit about kind of feeling nauseous from like the G-forces. And I have read online since then that that is something that does happen. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind for younger kids. If if they're a little more sensitive and maybe not, you know, not as big of a rider, you know, this one may be one to kind of be a little careful with because it, it can be intimidating, especially when you're you know going backwards and it's it gets dark and things like that. But But it's great. Let's talk about uh, the other side of the park, Pandora, which is pretty new, Flight of Passage. This is another one. So this was the pole that I struggled with. And honestly, now to think about it, I don't even know what I chose. But this is the one that I, I struggled with the most because I love both of these rides so much. So Avatar Flight of, Flight of Passage is in Pandora, like Nick said, the uh, the kind of the Avatar land of, of Animal Kingdom. And this is what... This is the description. This is what the Disney site says about Flight of Passage. Climb atop a winged mountain banshee for a breathtaking 3D flight over Pandora's otherworldly landscape. So Nick had mentioned that Expedition Everest is like Big Thunder on steroids. I feel as if Flight of Passage is like Soren on steroids. So it is the same kind of concept as Soren. Um, it's a 3D fully sort of immersive um, simulator. But instead of sitting in a kind of a glider, like like you do with Soren, you are flying on the back of a Banshee. And if you've never watched Avatar, they're, they're essentially, they're kind of like dragons. I mean, they're not dragons, but that's what they remind me of. And so when you go into the space where you're going to be riding this ride, it looks like just a row of, of like motorcycles lined up is kind of how I describe it. And you actually sit on the back of this thing, almost like you're riding a motorcycle. And the really, really cool thing is that, you know, when you start this journey and there's a huge screen in front of you, I don't remember how many stories it is, but it's enormous. But when you start this journey, you can actually feel that banshee that you're sitting on, like breathe and and kind of move as you're flying. So it really does feel like you're flying and getting back to the smells there's a really great um, flight of passage scent that you can smell and you can feel the wind and it's just, it's, it's awesome. I love it. 
It really is Soren on steroids, and if you like Soren, you're going to like Flight of Passage. Yes. A little bit different height requirement. Soren is 40 inches. Mm -hmm. This one is 44 inches, mm -hmm. so a little bit bigger kids uh, for this ride, but it is fully immersive. The 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 Banshee, like you said, breathes, mm -hmm. um, so it's awesome. One thing that I always like to do, and I actually realized this not the first time that we went mm -hmm. to Flight of Passage in 2019, but when I went for a work function uh, in November of 2019, look around you because like Zolian said, this facility, this theater is several stories mm -hmm. high and it's almost like, um, I don't know if anybody's Guardians of the Galaxy fan, but whenever the, uh, the alien people are going after Chris Pratt and the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they're not in their ships, but they're in basically pods mm -hmm. that are simulators. It's like looking at that. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that was something I didn't notice at first because you're so like locked in to like being on this Banshee and like you're so locked into the screen in front of you that I didn't really notice anything else. And then I rode on this with Claire and this was her first time riding it. And so I would kind of glance over at her more. And that's where I noticed like all of these other people. And so like, you know, you're with like the row of people that are that are beside you. But then if you kind of glance over, you can see like, oh, there's another little room with a bunch of people. And oh, there's people below me as well, and probably above. And so this is, you know, it is a really huge theater. And, you know, talking about an, an entire experience with like Rise of the Resistance, this is very similar in the sense that when you first go into this ride, getting on the Banshee is not the very first thing that you do. You actually kind of go into this little kind of tank area where you're, you're supposed to be paired with an avatar. Um, and so there's like a whole kind of experience that goes along with that before you go in to actually ride on the Banshee. So if you're not familiar with Avatar and what that's all about, there is like a description of, of what you're going to be doing on this ride. And I hate saying something without having the facts to back it up and have my story straight, but that was actually the Sovereign that uh, Rocket in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 stole the batteries from. So they uh, okay. they they tried to chase them down, but they weren't actually flying in the ships. They were That's right. remote. That. Um, so that was you know kind of what it reminded me of when I realized that uh, all these people were on these motorbikes and there were six stories high. Right. And just a really, it was breathtaking. It was awesome. So it's a great ride. Um, but uh, Expedition Everest has this it does. from the Instagram followers. 68% for Expedition Everest, 34% for Flight of Passage. Did they make the right call? Uh, I don't, I, I honestly, I don't even know what I picked for this. I think I did pick Everest for this. Maybe. Um, but I was totally conflicted because it, I love them both so much. I honestly thought that the percentage, like, I thought it would be closer. Like, to me, that's a landslide. And, and Flight of Passage is so good that it surprises me. It's They're both really good. I think it should be closer. I'm going to go with Expedition Everest for mm -hmm. one very specific reason. The weight is shorter. So yeah, I get to enjoy true. it more. That's and that, that's an important consideration. When we first rode Flight of Passage, there were waits of up to four hours. It was crazy. In the COVID-19 pandemic, it hasn't been that long. Right. But uh, definitely before the pandemic, you were looking at a three to four hour wait. 
And they actually had to put bathrooms in the queue because people were standing in line so long. So it's really popular. I think they're both great. I think it's a coin flip, but Everest for me, just because the wait is a little shorter. I can't think of any ride though. I mean, and I love those, you know, those are two of my favorites and all of Disney World, but I, I really can't think of any ride that I would be okay waiting for four hours to see. No, no ride in Disney World would I wait for four hours. No. And that's kind of what we said. And that's why I really want to see Fast Pass come back. Yeah. So to make sure that people, everybody can experience these rides. But um, I love the dedication of people standing and ride yeah. for, in line for four hours to ride something. That's yeah, awesome. It is. I just don't think I, I don't think I have it in me to do that. I think I would rather just go and, I don't know, get something to eat and just kind of hang out <laughs> somewhere in the park. Versus waiting for four hours. All right. So we're going to lightning round these next four. We're not going to go into a lot of description of what they are, but we're going to say our favorite and then we're going to put them out to the Instagram followers for their opinions and then we'll cover them on a future podcast. Okay. So question one, Big Thunder Mountain, the wildest ride in the wilderness (laughs) or Space Mountain, which is a great ride on its own. What are you saying? Oh, Big Thunder, hands down. I mean, I mean, Space Mountain is great, but again, that's going back to like I don't appreciate Tomorrowland very much. But Big Thunder is by far my my most favorite. It's Big Thunder for me as well, and we can get into those descriptions when we cover these on a sure. future podcast. But I'm looking forward to putting that out to our followers. Okay. The next question: Staying in Magic Kingdom, Splash Mountain versus Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. I would say Mine Train for this one. I know that like some of our kids would disagree with that, but I love the Seven Dwarfs theming. I think it's really cute. So I would say that. And then you don't get wet, you know, either on that. I don't mind getting wet. And I also like the Splash Mountain is a lot longer than Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. So there's a lot more to experience there. Right. And it kind of slows down and you get to be immersed. And the one thing that I will mention about Splash Mountain as well is that the big drop is actually not the best. Mm-hmm. The best is when you go down into the laughing place mm-hmm. and you actually go on to the track itself mm-hmm. and you go down and then up and mm-hmm. then down into the laughing place. I think that's the best drop. Yeah. But I love Splash Mountain. Looking forward to riding that. Hopping over to Hollywood, Hollywood Studios. Studios. Tower of Terror versus Rock and Roller Coaster. Two thrill rides. Neither. Can I say none? Well, you've ridden both of them, right? I, I think yeah, you should I, say. I rode both of them. Ugh. Okay, so I would probably say rock and roller coaster because I don't I I don't like drop rides at all. Like it just that make that feeling makes me sick. However, I mean I'm not a big fan of rock and roller coaster, but it is Aerosmith themed and so this the music's good. So I would say that. Yeah, not a hard question for me. It's going to be Tower of Terror. I um I like rock and roller coaster. I think it's a little rough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I rode it, it with is. Christian a couple times ago, and it really throws you around. It's yeah. a great ride. It probably is the most progressive roller coaster in Walt Disney World, and that it goes really fast and it has an inversion. And it's all indoors, you know, if you've never rode it before. Yeah, it's like I said, I, these two are like totally not on my list at all. I'd rather go ride like the Alien Saucers and Toy Story Land. But so that one's a hard one uh, for me to pick. But if you do ride, rock and roller coaster and you've never rode it before watch your like eyeglasses or if you have sunglasses you put it like, don't put them on your head or anything because they will probably go flying off i know christian almost lost his eyeglasses the last time so just a little little tip for you and we're sticking in hollywood studios for the last one and heading over to toy story land slinky dog 
which is very comparable to Seven Dwarfs yes. Mine Train as far as a roller coaster, uh, a 38-inch mm-hmm. height requirement so the little kids can ride it. And then there's one that everybody can ride, Toy Story Mania, which is an interactive game mm-hmm. where you play a bunch of carnival games and you have a little cannon. Right. And the goal is to get your top score. Right. And there's Toy Story characters there. Right. And it's 3D, so you wear, like, the little 3D glasses and your little car that you're sitting in. So, like, if you're with... A group of four, for example, um, you know, your party would be directly behind you. Um, and so you would just be playing with the person that you're sitting with. And the cars, like, flip around and you play all these really cool games. So it's fun. But I would pick, hands down, Slinky. Slinky Dog. It's fun. And I'm going to go with Toy Story Mania. Okay. I love to try to get the top score, at least yeah. in the family. And I'm always amazed because... I think I do okay, but then we look and it, the top score of the day is always like a multiple of 10 above me. And I'm thinking, how in the world is it possible that somebody is able to get a score that high? Right. Um, so, you know, it's my it's goal fun. on our next trip to to beat the family, but also um, try to get into that stratospheric area as far as score too and the thing that's nice about this particular ride is if you do you know ever go with your parents like i know my parents for example i would like to take them someday or go with them someday my parents are not like thrill riders or anything like that so like a lot of these things that we've been talking about they would be like eh, no thank you this is something that they would even do so it's fun and that brings us to a great conclusion because we're actually going to be in Walt Disney World the next time we post mm-hmm. a podcast. So we're going to be recording at the Boardwalk mm-hmm. Resort and we'll be talking to everybody the next time on how our trip's going, the different things that we're seeing, how you know the mask requirements are going mm-hmm. or the, the new regulations around that. So we look forward to sharing our observations next time. And that is going to do it for episode four of Raised on the Diz. Thanks for joining us. Have a magical day. And have a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. <laughs>